Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves, and thank you for staying with us. If you'd like to call in for a reading, we're at 1-800-336-2225. 1-800-336-2225. I learned about a story uh, about a year ago that just blew my socks off, so we thought we'd share it with you. It's a perfect story because of the amazing divine intervention. You know, we like to share these divine intervention stories for this reason. If you're meant to have divine intervention, you'll have it. You know, these sort of stories tell you that when people are supposed to die, they do, and and when they're not, they don't. And there are no accidents. It all is happening within perfection. It's amazing. You know, there are many different types of guides. There's guides that give us information. There's guides that protect us when we're hurting. And some of them are angelic, and other of them are humanoid, and all kinds of different things. But... The angels in particular seem to be uh, protectors more so than some other guides sometimes. And, you know, they get called in and they're there to help when they, when they are meant to. The moral of that story is, is when you do have something that befalls you, a broken arm, a car accident, whatever, you know, the real point instead of complaining why did this happen to me is to figure out why it happened to you because if it wasn't supposed to happen to you, they would have stopped it. In the case of this story, it's an amazing story of divine intervention. You know, it's really nice in life. If you're going to ask for help from somebody to help you, it's nice to know them and have already a relationship going with that realm instead of, my God, I'm in a mess, somebody help me. Oh, you mean the ones that God doesn't exist until they're at that critical moment and all of a sudden they go, now would be a good time to pray. (laughs) Well, you know, it's really really comforting. Like we keep saying in insurance policy, when you already have, when you coordinate your life aligned with these higher ways that these beings would tell you and guide you in, and you already have a relationship with those realms, then when help comes... It's not such a desperate lurch out of maybe there's something there. You know something's there. And so the cohesiveness of your own faith and belief makes the ability for this thing to connect through much easier and much more likely. This particular story is about, uh, there it is, is about Cokeville, Wyoming. And it happened back in 1986 in the Cokeville Elementary School. Tiny little, uh, uh, tiny little area, hamlet of, uh, of 550 people. And there was this guy that was just sort of a loose cannon, man. He was, you know, he was one of those highly, highly intelligent nut, nut cases. A, a genius, um, real wreck. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're out there, you know, and very clever and knows how to make bombs and knows how to do all manner of things, but he's got no equilibrium or yeah, balance common sense or humanity. You know, I've been in some groups that are just only geniuses only, and by golly, it's a weird group. <laughs> you, you, you know, know you be- don't feel heart there. You, you know, you got people with... It's like having a car, a little kid, like a 12-year-old having a car instead of like a 350 engine that has a 790 engine. It can go 300 miles an hour. You know, it's like overkill for what their emotional mature structure can handle. Right, much. or their heart. 
Well, this guy brewed on this concocting plan for a number of years. Well, well he was a, a sheriff or something before, and he lost his job. Yeah, and not not in this town, but yes, and you know, he never really got over it. And maybe it was in this town, and they. Kinda, I think it was. So he had a vendetta. And, yeah. And he never got over it. It was like the small man wouldn't climb above that vengeance, so he just kept festering on it. Yeah, they say he had an IQ of 180. <laughs> Too bad he wasn't more anchored in the light. <laughs> or anchored in sanity or Something. well-being kind of thing. Anyway, what he ended up doing is getting this whole plan that he was going to die. It was this whole weird idea that he was going to die. He was going to take all their kids with him, die, you know, kill all these kids, and then they were going to start this new world somewhere else together, and he would be lord over all these dead kids somewhere else. They would be the devotees, and he would be the lord. Yep, that was the game. Yikes. Yep. A little twisted even further. Yep, doesn't work very good. 180 IQ off the charts. Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you, intelligence doesn't necessarily make for a good thing. So he did, he made a bomb. A big bomb. I mean, a bomb that was designed to take a city block out. And he uh, he planned this for, like, years. And, you know, the day that it was meant to, to happen, some of the people bailed. They finally realized what this... He strung them along, and they finally realized what he was up to. And they said, we don't want any part of this. And they bailed. Well, he went to this elementary school, and he got himself situated inside the school, inside one of these classrooms. I think the room was about 30 by 30, you and he had all the kids and all the teachers come into that room. The name of the town is Cokeville. Maybe you had too much Coke. You oh. know, like, what is it, uh, you know, these heroin were or something? These were really good people. Yes. They were really good people and they were really, they were, they were known for how smart their kids were, which is part of why he wanted to do this because he wanted to take that intelligence yeah. with the kids. You know, that was part of the deal. I remember when I was a kid, we drove up somewhere in the same area. Could it be Cokeville? But we, 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 the road, the highway comes in town and it turns, makes it like a zigzag and goes out. <clears throat> it was noon. The whole town, gas stations there and everything was shut down because it was church service. Yeah. So they were really, really devoted. Yeah. It felt really good there. And I, I was like, you know, in my mind, I was going, boy, I'd hate to be in church all day kind of thing. But it felt good there. I was a little kid. But it reminds me, every time we talk about this story, it reminds me of that experience I had. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Well, he was in Cokeville. He was in the elementary school. He was inside the one room in the elementary school. He had all the kids and teachers in that 30 by 30 room with a huge bomb sitting right in the middle of the room. And the kids were just sort of going antsy and nuts. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know why these people were there. And this guy was just this maniac. You know, if kids came too close, he'd scream and threaten to kill them, and he didn't care. You see, he really didn't care. He he wanted to kill all these kids so that he could take them with him right. so that he could go off in, in the other realms 
you know, clearly the man doesn't understand the other realms because there's no way that's what's going to happen. So did any of the outside world know what was going on after? Well, while? his daughter bailed just before it all happened, and she went and started telling them, telling the authorities, and the authorities showed up and surrounded the school, but, you know, they didn't know what was going on inside. You know, I bet right then a great deal of prayer kicked into action. Yep, and, I would say that's true. And I'd say, you know, prayer and belief helps extraordinary, wonderful things happen. It does. And I believe a lot of prayer happened. You know, you call one person, i got to go do this. You, you know, call everyone, call the churches we know and whatnot. I had an aunt that uh, she had cancer, and she had a church that prayed for her around the clock for several days, and the cancer, she had it through her whole body, it just left. And, you know, when I was a kid, I got to have that privilege of that experience of what prayer can do. And I believe that's part of what happened here in this story. So what ended up happening is uh, these kids were all in, um, in this room, but some of them started seeing glowing beings appear and hearing telepathic voices in their head. Oh, my. Telling them what to do? Yep. Get by this window, yep. it'll be safer or whatever. Move over there, Take go grab your sister and move over there. Go over there where it's safe. Go do that now. Yep. Several of them, there were like three or four kids that actually saw, some of them saw their grandmothers. You know, it was amazing. The one boy that saw the most was the son, son of the head um, investigator of this. And he was like, he was like a investigator, you know, and... You know, he didn't believe in this stuff, this seeing angels stuff. And well, his father didn't. Right. And after this whole thing happened, you know, the kid just was really, and he had a fever. He had a fever that never went away. And finally, the mother took him to a psychiatrist, and he started telling the story. And finally, the psychiatrist got the father to ask the kid these questions and get him to open up about it. And the father really regretted this later. But he treated <laughs> he treated his own little kid, like kindergarten, first grade kid, like he did other people he was interrogating. Because mm -hmm. I think, you know, he was so up against it for himself, he just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And the kid finally sort of said, I saw Grandma. And he said, but you couldn't have saw Grandma because Grandma's not dead. Grandma is dead. Well, yes, but the kid said he had seen this other grandma, and I don't remember, but it was like he'd never seen this grandma right. before except for he in pictures. He could describe her really yeah. good. Yeah. Finally, he had him start looking through pictures, family pictures, and he said, her, it was her. And he went, oh, my God, that's the other grandma, and she is dead, and he did see her. Yes. Well, as soon as he finally told his parents the story, his fever went away. Holding when, all that in. Yep. And that's something yep. that could make you sick holding yep. in. And his father said, why didn't you come and tell me? <laughs> and the boy goes, duh. <laughs> you wouldn't have believed me. That's right. You would have called me a liar. Yep. I mean, does that not like, as a parent, just sit you down in your chair and yep. rearrange a few things in that brain? Reality check, folks. I'll tell you. If you're listening. Well... This little boy that saw all this, he saw a ring of angels go around that bomb. Now, the deal was, was that if um, there was this string 
that if they pulled the string, the bomb would go off. Keep in mind, the guy always intended the bomb to go off. It was never his intent to let these kids go. He wanted all of them to die so that they could go off into this other world together. So he wanted a hair trigger bomb. Mm -hmm. So we have this physical bomb in this physical room, physical kids, and some of them could see the ethereal angels. And their deceased grandparents and ancestors mm -hmm. that were there Hell to help helpers. guide them. Yep. That's right. And so they were getting kids to move over by windows and to get, you know, into safe places. Yep. Well, this guy ended up deciding that he had to go use the restroom, so he left his loony bin wife there in charge of the bomb who wasn't as grounded as he was. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure that builds up after a while. And Psychic pressure that you have to fight. Uh, and so what happens is some kid distracts her, and she turns to look away and pulls the trigger. <laughs> oh, jeez. Really oh, good, my. huh? That's filling the shoes, isn't it? Oh, my. Well. So the bomb goes off, huh? Here's the amazing things. So this bomb has, like, you know, a couple of tanks of gas connected to the thing or, you know, some fuel to ignite it. Mm -hmm. One of them has been disconnected. Nobody knows how it happened. It should have exploded with it, but it didn't, which made a bomb that should have taken a block out take out one room. But here's the other thing that happened. This bomb was designed to spread wide. It's a bomb designed, designed Sc scatter bomb. to take out a block. Mm -hmm. So what happened? This kid saw like 9 or 10 or 12 angels go around the bomb. And as the bomb went off, those angels went with the bomb, lifted right up with it, and took it right out the roof. Right out the roof. And it never hurt anybody except... The lady that pulled the trigger, they allowed to kill. In fact, he could see the angels around the lady that was pulling the bomb, the trigger. Mm -hmm. They saw her, and they left as the bomb went off so that she would die from the bomb. So everyone else had angels or guardians, and the angels for her left. And the guy who uh, brought the bomb in, he was killed uh, in the other room. How did that happen? Uh, so, uh, somebody shot him. Oh, boy. So he died and she died, and nobody else died. That kid saw those angels go up with the, the bomb and right out the roof. So when the bomb expert came in, he says, I don't know how this happened. This bomb, this bomb should have exploded the whole block away, and it didn't happen. It so, just literally the bomb took it, the angels took it mm -hmm. right out the top of the roof. I believe this is an accumulation of a community by and large living right with good intent, trying to do good with their lives, and the power of prayer, and the angels of protection, and the guardians and relatives of protection from the other realms that came to help them. So living right and prayer, I think, were a key thing with this. And what a beautiful story. And, folks, this is true. Oh, it's a totally true story. In fact, years later, like two years ago, they uh, it was kind of interesting. They wrote a book. They went and asked all the people that had been involved, which is the whole town, to share their stories of what, you know, of their memories of it. Sure. 
It was kind of interesting, you know, some of them just never healed from it and they were just still messed up from that 30 years ago or whatever. Something? And wow. others had, had used it to fuel themselves into amazing lives. Isn't that amazing? And others just still didn't want to talk about it and others, you know, it was really kind of interesting. Hmm. You know, but that's just another example of how we choose the, you know, how we're going to take our experiences and have them either sure. enhance us or bury us. Wow. Which is the same choice we all have every single every day. Every day. It's yep. true. It's our choice. Looking right at you. Okay, you guys are listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you very much for being with us. We are your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. You know, this story is also an example of the power of God. And if it's not meant to be that we get creamed, we will not get creamed yeah i'll tell you i had a cousin in vietnam well we got to do it after the break stay with us we'll be right back